You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? This is your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders on the Cover Capes. Welcome one and all to a new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today we have an amazing creator. I mean, homie has done stuff for film and television and, of course, comics. Yes, I mean, he's done work for Image, DC, Marvel. And now he has a kick-ass project coming up on Kickstarter that everybody's going to want to pitch in for. Very happy to introduce the one and only Mark Sable. What's going on, brother? Nothing much. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. No, no. Thanks for coming on and talking some comic book goodness, brother. Because you got one heck of a project uh, coming. That's you know be on Kickstarter. I mean, you have a heavy hitters lineup when when it comes to some some goodies that I'm like was floored. I'm like, wow, this is an amazing project. But before we get into that, yeah, I like teasing people. Before we get into all that stuff, let folks know a little bit about yourself. Where you from originally, and what was your first little inkling in the fandom, if you will? You know, what made you fall in love with it? Yeah, so uh, Mark, my name is Mark Sable. I'm from originally from New York. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually here now visiting visiting family. I live in Los Angeles for the most part now, but uh, love to be back in New York. Uh, and in terms of yeah, in terms of my first inkling the fandom, I mean, I was like, I was a, I've been a comic fan since I was a kid. Um, the story I, I I like to tell, although I haven't told it often on on podcasts, is um, you know I'm Jewish, so the my the theme of my bar mitzvah was Marvel comics, and uh, so yeah, so I had, so we had it was really cool. We had like a caricaturist draw people, and then the we gave out these T-shirts that was like a caricature of me. Um, so picture me again with these glasses, not not the same glasses, but pretty close to yeah. it. Um, <laughs> in in Iron Man's armor, but like with the helmet off, so my head. And then the uh, the T-shirt said, "I had a Marvel and like Marvel in all caps. I had a marvelous time at Mark's Bar Mitzvah." Oh, so that's cool. I've been I've been a fan, you know, since as long as I can remember. And then I've just been like incredibly fortunate enough to like get to get to do this for a living. Is is just been uh, just been been really blessed with that. I'm just digging the fact that your parents, you know, went along with it. All right, you want a Marvel style? Hey, why not? I- they were. I really am lucky. I had. I had. I had super supportive parents. I mean, I'm sure that probably would not have been their first choice for that. But, hmm. but uh, they were. Yeah, they were super cool. We had these like, oh, man. I wish I still had them. Like these cardboard cutouts of like, uh, you know, all the like of, of like, you know, Captain America and Thor and like oh, pic- a picture of me. And then again, another picture of me. Like there was a signing board as like wolverine um which again is a pretty absurd picture but uh I, I, I didn't i didn't care in comics this is like you know ladies comics were not uh considered as as you know as as mainstream or cool yeah, as they are now let's so. use one of those words it wasn't as kosher back then you know for, for yeah. to pull, pull, pull that out there they're like what, what are you a geek of some kind yeah, I get it. So you come from my school then of of this torture in school of uh, unless you have to find your 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 clique, your tribe. And I luckily did find my tribe in junior high school though. <laughs> yeah, no, it took me a while. Okay, I'm trying to even think when I found my tribe. It was might not be until even college or after, but Oh uh, wow. <laughs> but uh but I really that scarce for you, kiddo? Damn, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was just I was also really shy. That that, that oh, okay. probably didn't help. But too funny. But yeah, so, no. So I've been a fan ever since. Sorry, go ahead. No, what I wanted to ask then is, you know, when did you start getting that inkling to start creating? What what made what made you want to take that dive, the creative dive, finally in your journey? You know, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I was always writing. Um, I don't think I ever thought of writing comics though, like that, like that. That was like a viable career. Um, you know, I mean, look, when I started, it was like Chris Claremont, and then you know, we went through all the like. Uh, you know, and then I went through my Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman phase, and they just all seemed like these untouchable people. Um, it wasn't until, so actually it wasn't until later that I was in law school and uh, I, I went to law school. I was in, living in California at this point, and I was, I was really miserable in law school um, because I wasn't writing. Um, like I had gone to school before that for screenwriting and uh, I just hadn't sold anything. And then uh, I had this idea, I had a, I wrote a, my first screen, not my first screen, but I wrote a screenplay about uh, about a, a kid who goes to a high school for superheroes where everybody has powers except him, like a teenager, really. Um, and like that was a metaphor for how I felt in college, like I felt, or in, in high school. Like I felt like I didn't have, you know, like, oh, everybody had some power that I didn't, right? So um, I'd written this screenplay and I was like, you know what? This was like right in the early 2000s when they were finally starting to make comic book movies. I was like, you know what? This would make a great comic. So in the summers in law school, I worked at a law firm. I, I was able to find this amazing artist, Paul Azaceta, um, who's, uh, he's a, 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 you know, who's in, uh, he's in Jersey. Um, Paul has gone on to do, uh, you know, he, to do uh, Outcast with Robert Kirkman from The Walking Ooh. Dead, and amazing Spider-Man, all this stuff. But at the time, oh, like, yeah. I was looking for like, just, an up and coming artist who was basically willing to work on a project where I couldn't offer him a lot of money, but, but, you know, uh, and we pitched, uh, so I had him do some sample pages the summer of, I want to say 2004, we went to, um, San Diego comic-con, which was still big, but like, you know, 16, 17 years ago was a lot smaller. And we waited the entire weekend to meet the, the head of image and, uh, we pitched it and they said yes, right on the spot. And which Ooh. By the, I get, total credit for that to Paul. I mean, his artwork was, you know, really was blown away. Like he had done like one small, like Marvel story. I think he had been an intern in the bullpen there, but like he, uh, you know, nobody had figured out what to do with him. And, but his work was so next level. And uh, so, yeah. And then a year later it got published and, you know, I graduated law school and it was like, it was <laughs> the choice is like, become a lawyer or like, wait, like maybe I have a chance at this. And, you know, the, the book came out and did well and led to more books. And, you know, some years have been better than others, but like, I've been really fortunate that I've, I've, you know, it's now been, I think it's 16 years this summer since my first book came out and I'm still doing Ooh. it. So I'm, I'm, I, again, I, I, it's such a privilege uh, to get to do something like this. And I, and I love it. It's, it's great. Congrats, bro. That's amazing. I, I love that though. Right there, San Diego, just to be told the yes. I'm pretty sure you almost fainted, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially because it literally happened on like I think we, you know, we got there Thursday or Friday. It happened like Sunday afternoon. So that entire, I was oh. like, my stomach was just like in knots that entire um, weekend. And you know, I would not have told you. I would have been happy to get a maybe there. So it was. Yeah, it was a it was a nice surprise, and and again, I think a, a real testament to. I mean, I think the idea was good, and and I hope the writing was good. But I mean, it was really Paul's art that really, um, you know, kicked that one up a notch. 
And and I also uh, understand you there's something online for for that, that TV show Heroes too. How did you yeah, get your yeah. hand on that stuff? That's awesome. So I had a a, a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Pierre Luigi Coppin. Um, if he's up there, he uh, uh, I had actually met him through like you know talking about finding a tribe. Like I found a tribe online on uh, Brian Bendis's board first when I was in New York, and then when I moved to LA, um, there was a comic store called Meltdown Comics, which is unfortunately not around anymore. But uh, just, I found a tribe there. Like, it was a great scene where I'd come in on a Wednesday to pick up my comics, and I'd stay there for, like, an hour just to talk to people. <laughs> and, you know, some of the, you know, it's in L.A., so there are people in the industry and comics and different things. And just, uh, I mean, Matt Gagan, who was the manager there, uh, and Chris Rosa, who was another manager there, both went on to work at Boom Comics as, like, editors. Matt's still editor-in-chief there. So, um, anyway, met Pierre there. And we became friends. And then he happened to be uh, working on on Heroes, I want to say, as a writer's assistant. And he's like, listen, listen, they're looking for comic creators as a uh, to do their like they called it an online graphic novel. But basically, they were like weekly kind of short stories that sort of filled in the gaps in the show and showed things that the show couldn't. And they got great. They got great creators to do it. I want to say they, I remember Joe Casey was doing it. I'm going to forget a ton of other people who did it. But um so like I met with him, I met with this great guy named Jesse Alexander, who was a writer on that show and has since moved on to write on the new Star Trek show. And um, and he was, I think he wrote on Lost too. And so, uh, yeah, and they were just like, you know, they they let me pitch some ideas and I, I did that. They they hooked me up with this great artist, Jason Badauer, um, who's this, he's an Australian guy. And um, yeah, it was fun. Like, you know, uh, you got to work with the staff. Like they were, you know, they obviously had very, strong ideas of who the characters were because they created them, but they still let me do cool things with it. And, you know, it was a fun show, especially during that first season. Like, yes, I think people forget how big a deal it was to see superheroes on television then, because now it's like there's 12 shows on the CW alone or whatever, <laughs> but it was, it was cool. And it was very, I appreciated that it was very down to earth. They were doing some interesting things on it and it was very character driven. So yeah, it was it was lucky, and so that was originally online, and then I think DC eventually collected and printed them. So, uh, so that was awesome. Yeah, man, and, and yeah, talk about that too, because even then you did a Cyborg Rage Against the Machine, which is my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> you know, comic on DC and other stuff, and, and you work with some big names there too. I'm like, wow, Lashley, uh, uh, Sean Gordon, Murphy, all, all them cats, bro. It's, wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. I mean, I can't. You know, look, I sometimes I say, um, you know, like I I can't say it's like all me, like I'm a genius. I picked every one of these artists, but it's not I hopefully it's not all luck either. At least I have very good taste. But um, yeah. yeah, so the first thing is when after Grounded came out, um, the uh, I, this editor at at, uh, at DC, assistant editor at the time, Janine Schaefer, um, came up to me at the first New York Comic Con. Um, uh, which I'll be at this year. If anybody's at New York Comic Con, I will be there. I think. Yeah, I what's your what booth? Table. I oh, want to say it's Artist D. It's I think it's Artist Alley D sixteen. I can I can look it up as I'm talking to you and and nice. double check. Um, <laughs> but it is. Uh, yeah, I'm super. Uh, I'm super excited about that. And you know, everybody just. It's, you know, it's they're requiring vaccination, or if you're under twelve, like COVID test. I'm going to be. We're all wearing masks, so hopefully it's safe. But you know, everybody should be should be, you know, judge their own level of safety, but I'm super excited to go. I've not been to a convention in, uh, I have not been to a convention in, wow, uh, 
since C2E2 of 2020, which was in February. But anyway, yeah, so at the first New York Comic Con, it was, um, uh, yeah, Janine came up to me that was um, like, and was just like, hey, would you be interested in writing something for DC? And it's funny because I was a Marvel guy generally. <laughs> Obviously, Marvel was my bar mitzvah theme, but I did, I had been getting in, back into DC comics and I really loved the Teen Titans at the time. I think Jeff Johns was writing it. Um, and they needed, they were looking for some like fill-in artists is how it started, uh, fill-in writers, um, you know, because he was writing so many books. I think, I don't know if he had started Green Lantern yet and like all these big crossovers, but so yeah, then the the first artist that they stuck me with was, or not, they, they picked me up with was Sean, was Sean Murphy. Jeez. And that was before Sean Murphy was Sean Murphy in terms of fame, yeah. but not in terms of talent. In fact, it's like, I've got two pieces of art on the wall and one is from, in, in my apartment, which I'm I'm not in right now, or I'd show you guys, but it's what is the the cover of the issue two of Grounded, which is like my favorite cover of that series, and the other is this. So the idea of my of my uh, Teen Titans story was like the Teen Titans versus um, uh, Captain Cold. That's where you get Cold Case, and and the Flash's Rogues Gallery. And Sean drew this page of all the Teen Titans and all the Flash's Rogues. It must be like twenty characters, and well, if you're if you're like, a, you know, not every comics fan may know this, but like, if you see original art, usually it's super big, right? Um, and that that helps, like, if you're drawing a lot of characters. Sean drew it like actual size, so Word. it takes up less room in my wall. But like, <laughs> the degree of difficulty of doing something like that is super, um, is super hard. And uh, he was just amazing. And it's you know, it's funny because at the time, like, that book actually I wrote it first, but it didn't get published for like five years because the powers that be at DC at the time, and these are people who are no longer there, but like kind of like didn't didn't know what to make of his art and didn't know mm. how to use him. And I think somebody didn't like um, didn't like his cyborg, which is, I mean, crazy to me. Uh, but so it sat for a while. And then then like right before New 52 and when he started becoming, you know, I started rising, but he really rose like they published it. And it's funny because like five years have passed, so the continuity passed and Sean didn't have any time to fix the art, so I had to rewrite. <laughs> but I oh, still had wow. to like rewrite the issue without changing any art, which was a good. Um, it was a good. Uh, it was a good exercise, a lot of work, but it was like, you know. But I wanted the book to be good, you know, especially because you know it was like, hey, this is my chance to like show this work I did with Sean Murphy off. So it was it was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, and then right after that, they were like, oh, well, keep pitching us Teen Titans stuff. So I pitched them the cyborg story. Um, and yeah, it was, it's called Rage Against the Machine, which, which, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan too. Uh, Tom <laughs> Tomorrow is amazing. The boss. Um, yeah. yeah. He's in fact, actually, literally I saw him in concert with Bruce Springsteen, uh, with the, with the boss, um, a boss with uh, the boss. I already know. Yeah. Really? It was, uh, it, I mean, he, sh he shredded, it was just like, and it was like, it was like a magical thing that I'm so glad I got to see. But, um, but yeah, wow. so like the story was about like. You know, this is when the Iraq war was going on. So I had this story about these other, like these soldiers who were being given like cyborgs, you know, cybernetics and like, but they were given it on the condition that they continued to fight, like sort of doing like these black ops missions. And if they didn't said no, they were going to get them taken away. And so it was a cool story. And, you know, and then I threw in, of course, there's like huh. super villains and, and stuff like that. But it was, um, yeah. And then, you know, Ken Lashley, we had two artists on it. Ken Lashley started out, um, you know, he, I forget why he couldn't continue to do it. Um, I mean, he was doing a great job, so he wasn't 
we wanted him to continue doing it, but for some reason, maybe it was a scheduling conflict or something. So sad to lose him, but we got Carlos Magno, um, who has uh, gone on to also do great stuff and is also fantastic. And this inker, Jonathan Glapion, uh, who's amazing, inked both of them and did it in such a way that like really let, lets it feel like it is one book while still not like letting those artists do what they do. That's so great. But again, it's like, you know, you look back and I'm like, yeah, how did I get to work with Ken Lashley? You know, like, like, <laughs> especially when I was that young, because it's, it's, you know, like I was, that was a, I was less than a year into comics and, you know, those, you know, that's, to me, he's a heavy hitter and, and, oh, and yeah, uh, you know, so like, again, it's just, you know, sometimes it is just luck or, or good fortune, but, um, you know, uh, it was, uh, again, it was a real pleasure. I've been, you know, it's really people sometimes will ask me like, well, like, what's your favorite thing about working with comic, working comics? And there's a lot of them. And my favorite part, I think, is it's great to see something published. I love it. And, you know, I hope my my, you know, my Kickstarter book we'll talk about later gets published. But like, honestly, when I just see the art come in, you know, I'll get an email with a bunch of pages. That's the thrill for me because I've written, had something in my imagination and then it comes out. And with the caliber of artists I've worked with, and I'd say without exception, it's all, not only is it as good as I imagined, it's better. Mm. And they, you know, artists just bring something. I mean, look, they're, to me, they're the stars of, of comics, whether or not people, you know, people know writers and stuff and it's great, but, you know, I know I'm, I would not be where I am without working with great artists. And I just, just seeing that, that first rush of seeing what they do um, and, and how they transform, you know, a script into an actual comic is just such a, you know, it's just such a rush and such a thrill. So I love it. Yeah, man. It's that synergy, you know, they, they're yeah. reading you too, you know, your words and transforming and building that world that you have in your mind. So, you know, again, sometimes they even elevate what you had in, in mind, <laughs> which is amazing. So let's talk about that because, you know, you've worked, you know, with so, so many amazing publishers and, and individuals. Let's talk about that Kickstarter. When was the day you said, let me, let me do something on my own? <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully, I think you said you'll have the link for people in the show notes. I can I can probably read out the link. Absolutely, no, absolutely. To, We're gonna yeah, have the it's, link. It's on Kickstarter projects, chaotic neutral folks. So go ahead, talk, talk about yeah, that. So a bit. When was that chaotic day? neutral? Awesome. I'm sorry. When was when was that? I I, I missed that. I'm sorry. I was talking over. No, I'm sorry. No, just saying. When was that point in time you decided to take that journey now to say, all right, I'm me do a crowdfunding project. Um. So I've done a crowdfunding project back in 2013 for a book called Dracula, Son of the Dragon with uh, an artist named Sal Good Sam, um, which was this like uh, historical, It's actually, which is actually going to be coming out from Dark Horse in October in a couple weeks. Um, so, uh, which was about like how the historical Vlad the Impaler becomes the vampire in Dracula. And that went well. And, you know, it was, it was a project that like, you know, it was like, okay, I think publishers were like, yeah, like there's a lot of Dracula books or, you know, and I was like, I believe in this book anyway. I want this to happen. And, you know, Kickstarter, especially at that point, you know, uh, I wasn't as, as well known as I was now and, uh, you know, didn't have the fan base I did. It was, it was, it was, uh, you know, we got funded, but it was, it was a lot of work doing it. But, you know, I like that you really get to know, again, my, one of my other favorite things about comics is just in general, you get to know fans, right? Um, like, I, as a, as a kid, I love going to conventions and meeting creators as a creator. I love going to f conventions and meeting fans. And I like that there's, 
you can't do that in another medium. Like I was saying, it's like, you know, I like Quentin Tarantino movies or whatever, you know, like you're not going to go to convention and like Tarantino's not going to sign my like Django Unchained or, or Pulp Fiction, <laughs> you know, like it's just, you know, but in comics that happens and it's crazy. I think sometimes we, you know, you forget about how cool that is both for fans and creators. And so, you know, with a Kickstarter, you, you do get to know your fans pretty well too. And even, even better. And, and, you know, certainly become really appreciative of them. But so with this project, you know, um, I think so to describe it, what it is, is, you know, chaotic neutral is, is a combination fantasy comic book. The comic book itself is 48 pages, but in set like of story, but within that comic, it's also cause it's, it's inspired by Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games. Um, there's an adventure module in it as well. So it's a combination comic book and game. And I think we felt like, you know, a couple things. One is like, again, I think it's like, I think that's something really unique and special. And I felt like, okay, this is something that should, I wanna be able to reach not just comic readers, but gamers too. Um, and, you know, it's, again, it's like, just like one of the special things about comics is that you have this ability to interact with, um, you know, with fans. Uh, you know, one of the special, the special thing about role-playing games is, you know, you get to create a story with the group of people you're playing with. Doesn't matter whether you're the player or the dungeon master or the game master, like you're all contributing to tell a story. So the idea that, you know, like, I feel like it's another way of like having readers, fans, gamers, like, you know, get, get this close relationship with them. And I think like the, it's jumping ahead a little bit, but the like, the goal that I'm most, the, the not stretch goal, but sorry, that the reward that I'm, I'm most excited about offering is like for like small groups, I will be, you know, uh, at like a little bit of a higher pledge tier. Um, I'll be running online. I'll be running the, uh, like the module as dungeon master. So oh, if people want to like, nice. yeah. So like <laughs> if people want to play with me, they, they can do that. And it's like, you know, again, that's a cool thing that, you know, it's like, it's a, I, I'm sure, you know, maybe gaming Kickstarters have done that, but I don't know if a comic book one has. So it's going to be fun for me. Like, I really hope people take, take me up on it. Not, not even because of the money, but just because like, I think it'll be really fun and, you know, it's a way to play test the module too, but it's also, it's just a way of like, you know, that'll be a special, you know, few hours and, or more, you know, depending on how it goes. And like, I think, um, so I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I've offering, like, I'll probably have, you know, if there's if enough people ask, I'll do multiple groups of it. So, Whoa. um, I'm really, I mean, that would I'm be really fun. excited about that. I've never played the, that type of gaming before, but if I could play it with, with, with the world creator himself as a dungeon master, I think it'll entice me more and then pop, you know, you could school me a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, probably murder I mean, me round one though. I, I know you're playing. I already. try not to no, I you know, I never set out to murder I, I definitely, you know, make things challenging. I never setting out to intentionally murder anybody. It's happened. But uh but yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's a really you know, look, I'm not saying it's it's for everybody, but I do think like, you know, I always think there's just until you play it, it always feels like this there's this huge barrier entry. Oh, you got to know all these rules. And stuff. if you're a player, you don't have to read the rule book. I mean, you know, I mean, that might be heresy or whatever, but it's like the way I learned was with like playing with other people, you know, yes, I, I'll read the rule. I learned so much more by just like, you know, it's. You Applying know, like, it. Yeah. It's just like, and, and as soon as you get into it, like if you've got a good dungeon master, 
and other and other good players they'll help you they'll tell you like okay you need to roll for this but usually it's just like you know if i'm playing with people i'm like okay especially if they've never played before i'm like you got a character tell me what you want that character to do i'll tell you you know how they can try to do it i can't guarantee you they'll succeed and you know i can tell you like well your character has this what this for strength or this for intelligence so like they have you know they might be likely to succeed they may not but like i always try never to say no to a character so they may and that's my favorite part of comics is like uh sorry of of uh of role playing is just like i love when when characters do something i haven't thought of i guess that's my favorite part of comics too when i'm writing like it's just sometimes you're writing and you got the i outline really detailed outline but sometimes as i'm writing the characters like i know this sounds weird like a character's talking to me but it's like <laughs> no, the character wants to do something else that I didn't plan for. And it's like, go with that. And it's the same thing in role-playing games, which is like, all right, you know, it's you be prepared to go off script and just go in the directions that players want to go to. Because you'll get you'll get a better story that way, just in the same way, like, I'll get a better story if I'm following that inner voice in me that's telling me, like, nope, yeah, I think you wanted to end it like this, but this character, like, you know, has more to say or wants to do this other thing. Okay. I want to ask you something here because I understand that uh, Ryan Brown, he he has some, he created a chick track style comic with a very specific message. Can can you elaborate on that a bit? <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Um, so okay, so to give people a background to what a chick track is and and to a part of what this comic is. So and I'll hold it up. So because we've got this is like our our kind of our our pitch slash test copy. So it's chaotic neutral. You can, if you look at it, it it's Atari. It's to, I love it. It looks like yeah, a it's meant, box to me. <laughs> yeah, it looks like so. You know, it's Atari box. It's like the old '80s, dungeons, like yeah. Dungeons and Dragons modules. And so, you know, so back in the '80s, there was something called a sat the Satanic Panic, and what it was was like mostly religious groups, but not all religious groups, and like quote unquote concerned parents. You know, were like, <laughs> oh my god, if people play Dungeons and Dragons, they're gonna go to hell. They're gonna get you know, they're going to learn how to really worship the devil and really cast spells. And it was crazy, but people, people got scared. Um, you know, there had been like some, you know, people who had committed suicide, who had played the game, of course, like, you know, obviously they had mental illness or, you know, other things going on. That wasn't the reason in the same way, like, you know, it's heavy metal or, you know, in the, in the fifties, they would blame juvenile delinquency on comics. And like, so comics had the comics code, right? Like, and, and and they started censoring comics and they killed EC comics. So like in the 80s, it was a similar thing. The role-playing game industry decided to, instead of, you know, like they didn't kill their things, but they took out demons, they took out devils, they took out anything that could possibly, like they thought could possibly offend parents, um, which is never the right way to do it because people will always find something to be upset about. But um, in any event, um, but one of the things they, there was this there's this comic artist who passed away but his name was jack chick who was super religious and he wrote these things called chick tracks they were these free comics they would give out um i remember going out in college they were still giving out like at a halloween being like halloween is the devil's holiday and you know <laughs> but they did one called dark he did one called dark dungeons and it's like in it you see this this these um these kids play dungeons and dragons and then like one of the kids really learns how to do like get powers from the devil and joins a witch's coven and she has to like go to church and repent for all her sins and burn her books and it's it's crazy like if you read it now it's it's just insane and but it was a thing and people remember it and so 
Ryan Brown, who people may know from either God Hates Astronauts, which is his own book, or he did a book with Charles Sewell called Curse Words at Image. Um, and uh, he's, and then he's just been one of the most successful creators on Kickstarter. Um, but more importantly, uh, in addition to being a friend, he is, to, for my money, like the funniest comic creator in terms of like just doing humor comics. So I was like, hey, I got this idea, like, let's pretend this book really was done in the in the in the 80s right and if you look i'll show again inside like the art the interior artwork is black and white and it's got kind of that feel of, like if awesome. you ever look in a an old dungeons and dragons manual like chris anderson who's the artist on chaotic neutral and my co-creator he he really captured that style but while still adding his own his own you know thing to it um and uh so I was like, Ryan, this is what these chick chacks look like. Do you want to like, let's do like a parody of it. And he was in, uh, I was <laughs> surprised. Um, uh, I'm always surprised, even though we're a good friend, like he played in my, so I run a weekly Dungeons and Dragons game. He plays, he played in that for a while. And then I'm in his fantasy baseball league. And every few years I'm in his fantasy football league too. So, you know, even having that friendship, you can't like just take for granted that somebody you're friends with is just going to like do work with you. Right. Like, mm -hmm. um, but I was so happy. Um, it it looks super cool. If you go on the Kickstarter page, once it once it launches, there's going to be uh, you know, which is going to be really soon. Um, it there's going to be uh, there's some samples of of what he did for it, and it's it's uh, you know just just a couple panels. We don't want to spoil it totally, but like it's just it's just I laughed just from two panels of it, and and I and I wrote it, so it's not I knew the jokes were coming, but just. What he adds to it is is just so funny and um, makes it gold. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> yeah. It just and again, it's to make it feel like you know we wanted to bring to bring back like fantasy to this time when it was like really weird and dangerous and like you know. But and, like, I want to say it's like edgy in the fact of yes, like we have like you know cults of satanic cults in it and stuff, and there is violence, but it's not like for its own sake, like we're kind of poking fun at it a little bit. I mean, the book is serious, but it's also, again, Chris's art, I think brings this level of, uh, Chris Anderson's art brings this level of like whimsy to it that I think makes it so that like, it's not just like all edgy for edgy sake stuff. It's just, we have fun with it. And, and hopefully, hopefully readers will too. Excellent. I can't wait. Cause this also, I'm, you know, I'm a nineties kid and I love uh, trading cards. So what's the stuff about uh, trading cards with some superstars behind that? I mean, this project is like totally kick ass, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Again, you know, uh, Chris and I both have been comics for a while and we've been lucky enough again to just have, you know, to either work with people who are great or just make friends with people, you know, being at conventions. Um, and so we asked nine of our of our you know of our friends to do um so the idea is they're monster trading cards right so on one side there's this amazing comic book art and i'll i'll read through the list of of who they are because it's just because it, it it may make me smile but um <laughs> uh and then on the other side are stats for the monsters so for the role-playing game right so if uh so you can actually use these monsters some are classics but like others are just um are created just for this book so like you can take them and like use them for your own games i mean they work well with the module but there's no reason you can't take them and use them for, with anything else um and it's just it's a neat little like either add-on or or you know uh or if you you can back it in the initial tier 
So the artists are um, Max Dunbar, who does the official Dungeons and Dragons comic, and it's just awesome. What an awesome guy. Uh, Jeremy Hahn, who uh, has done the covers for a bunch of my books, um, but he's a huge creator in his own right. Like he's done Red Mother for Image. Um, he's done Batwoman for DC. I'm going to forget all the things he's worked on. He's actually <laughs> one of my best friends in real life, not just in comics. Uh, Mon House, who did this book, God Killers, with me for Aftershock. Um, he drew this Baphomet, which is this giant demon. Um, and it's, uh, oh my God, is it awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, Jeff Johnson, who works on the Boondocks animated series. Oof. Tom Neely, who did the book, The Humans. Dan Ocean, who was like, Ooh. an image artist back in the day but like reinvented himself and is like he's doing slots now it's his own book and he's doing a book called canary with scott snyder we got jim rugg who i wow. teach with at the school of visual arts he's the um he does uh he most recently did a book called octobriana but my favorite book of his is street angel which image puts out now nice. which is about this like 13 year old girl who's a skateboarding ninja um and it is <laughs> It sounds silly, but it is so awesome. And it's it's funny, but it's got a lot of heart. And then we've got Tim Seeley, who's doing, um, wow. who's, uh, you know, from Hack Slash, from Nightwing, Money Shot. And then Kyle Strom, who's, uh, I think my favorite book of his is Spread. He's a great Amazing. horror artist. So, um, you know, again, that art will start coming out uh, once the Kickstarter launches. Um, you know, we've, we've got a bunch of pieces up and, and more like rolling in every day. So yeah, I'm excited about that. It's a way of, you know, yeah, it's a way of like bringing other people, you know, bringing, bringing more fans in hopefully, but, and giving people, you know, more for their money, but it's also, um, you know, just selfishly, it's a way for me to get art from, you know, get all these art from people <laughs> that I, I love and admire. Um, and, you know, they were, again, you know, drawing comics takes so much longer than it does to, to write one. So I'm so appreciative. They were so generous with their time and their talent. So um, I'm super psyched about that. Well, I'm super psyched about, you know, your writing skills and their artistry combined into one in this amazing project. I can't wait. So everybody, I've been sharing the link. This is the pre-launch. Sign up. Hit that notify me on launch button. So that way you could immediately kick in and see all the amazing stuff that, that you're going to be able to get your, your, your little hands on over here. I can't. Yeah, wait. and when it comes out, I think that pre-launch will convert to also if you're, you know, if it's already launched, it should convert to just its regular, to the regular page once that launches. But yeah, I mean, it's great to sign up early and you get notified. And I should say, like, um, one of the things we're doing is the day it launches, um, it's gonna there's gonna you know for 24 hours we're gonna have an early bird special where um, the comic itself you could get for like I think it's it's like a few dollars off. I forget what the percentage winds up to be, but it's like, I think the, the PDF is like 15 and that goes down to 12. Uh, the print, cause it's a big book is like 25. That goes down to like 22 or something like that. Um, it's, it's cool to, to be able to offer people, give them that incentive to like back early. So, um, you know, and, and, and keep the momentum. So, you know, please like save money, everybody, you know, <laughs> sign up early. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, I, I hope, I hope people, and there's no limit on it. So like, uh, you know, that, that, that should be cool. I hope, I hope people will sign up. And how long are you going to run the campaign for? It's going to be for, for 30 days. So okay. 
what it's looking like now. I mean, like we have a, a date in mind, but I'm always afraid to say because you know something can happen in the news where we got to pull it. But we're we were all ready. I mean, the book is printed. I mean, I mean, it's not Ooh. not when I say it's printed, the book is done. We have a sample copy. We haven't printed the number of copies that you know we'll need to distribute. So, but it's gonna. So yeah, it should be. I would say you know it should be mid October. It's gonna end. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, we're giving a 30 day campaign so people have time and get you know to get the word out there but but i'm 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 really psyched for this and i love it folks i hope you heard that it's basically ready to go so i'm assuming that the the crowdfunding campaign is essentially just to pay those printing and shipping fees and get it in people's hands as fast as possible and and that's i think the, the lesson i learned from the last kickstarter was like it took longer to get out than we wanted because it was written but it wasn't drawn and that doesn't that's not on the artist like you know it's uh you know it's it's just like you know you, you learn your lesson like it's it take, takes a while to do that so this way you know we're still giving a conservative shipping estimate and saying like so like if it launches this month like which is going to launch this month but like you know i think we're saying june it's going to be ready because you know shipping and everything we don't want to over un, over over promise and under deliver but it's like you know you don't have to worry about you know if if God forbid Chris the artist gets sick, like the book is drawn, like so that's not going to be the issue, or or I get sick or something. It's like no, it's just we want to get it. You know we we you know and and Chris to his you know he's you know did forty eight pages without you know getting paid up front, which is um, wow, you know, which is awesome on his part. We both believed in the project. I mean I didn't get paid up front either, but that's a lot of work on his part. So I want to you know get him some money too. That's obviously. Um, you know, a big part of it, but really it's, you know, we, this is a project we want to get printed. So we just try to do it so we could have everything ready. We're not asking for a ton of money up front. We're just, you know, we're asking for literally the, the printing and shipping and, and, and a couple other like things that, that, you know, are essential to get it out. But like, you know, we, we've got a book that's ready to go and, and I'm just dying to get in people's hands. Cause I think it's something pretty, pretty special. Like I think as a comic, it stands out like just cause it's it's yes there are a lot of fantasy comics this is definitely very you know i think the art style is really different there aren't you know there's a modern day dungeon dragons comic which is great but it, it mm-hmm. just this is something that feels like it's from that era um but at the same time it's also just that combination of having of being able to play in the same world as the comic book without having to buy like oh well now buy the role-playing game now buy seven other things <laughs> like no it's all it, it's all in one package and Wonderful. um yeah, I, I think it's a it's a cool thing to. I, I'm excited about it. Great! I just want people to see this is the correct page. All right, guys and gals. So you go here, click this button right here. All right, and just when it's ready to go, you get notified. That same link is gonna get you to your preferred tier, and that's that. I mean, I can't wait. Oversized comic book first issue, adventure module, folks, entertainment. Love it. There's great stuff, Mark. Thank you so much for, for hanging out, talking about the book, the project, your journey. Because, wow, kid. You, and thank you for everything you've done. You, you've been awesome. I've, I've appreciated all your work. So, you know, throwing some flowers your way now, brother, while you're here. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for so much for having me. A whole me. new generation, too, of creators. I'm sure you have, you know, through your works. You're, you're amazing. And, and that, good luck uh, on that this. That would be the best. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Al. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Folks, there you go. Follow Mark on his Twitter or his IG at Mark Sable, all one word. And of course, the pre-launch. I'm going to pound this into your heads. Yo, chaotic neutral. Even that name sounds 
darn cool. I love it. <laughs> okay, so yo, so support for the for the project. You know what to do. Outro says it all. I'm Al Mega with Mark Sable. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.